second Kings. But I um, just want to say a few things also as you're opening up your Bibles. That um, I, years ago, my um, stepdad uh, ministered to me and told me that um, God would use me in the way that um, I would minister the word. And so um, I was one of those people that was didn't want to get up in front of people. I um, avoided talking in crowds. I just didn't want to do it. Well, one day we went with him to a revival out in um, Sweetwater. He had uh, there was a tent up there. They invited him, so we went over there. And I had never sung before. I mean, I knew songs. I knew Christian songs, but never sung before. Well, the people that were running the service said that, why don't you bring your song leaders up here to sing? And we all looked at each other, who's our song leaders? <laughs> and so, um, and then my, my dad, he just says, you guys better get up there. <laughs> so we, and I, like I said, I never stood in front of a crowd and I was shaking my, like my legs are probably going like this and everything. And so we went up there and I think we, I don't even know what we sang, but we, we were probably all out of tune and everything that time, but anyway. So that was my first experience, and he said that you're going to have to start doing this more and more and start getting over the, 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 the fear of standing before crowds and just not being so shy among people. So anyway, so I stand before you this morning, like many of you probably feel that I could never do that. I could never stand in front of a crowd. But you never know what God is going to do in your life. You never know how he's going to use you, so don't... Don't limit yourself because God is the one that's doing the work. It isn't you yourself. It's not us, you know. It isn't us. This, this human being, this flesh that's right here, can't do it. But it's through the Holy Spirit. When God tells you to do something, you say, yes, Lord, and then you go and do it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And you know that we're not perfect. I'm not perfect also. I have my flaws. And I go to God in prayer every day and always ask for forgiveness as well, too, and say, God, help me with this. God, I need you to work in my life in this. And so God is so merciful. He always hears and he says, yes, you're forgiven. Thank you for, for doing what you're doing and thank you for asking to be forgiven. So as easy as that. And a lot of times we make it complicated, right? We think that we have to go through all kinds of things just to have God forgive us. And so... But just know that all you have to do is open up your mouth and ask God to forgive you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So um, I'm going to read 2 Kings 4. Um, start from there. So I'll just read the whole passage through, then I'll go back through it, and we're going to talk about it some more. And many of you probably heard this before. And like my husband said also, is um, I've been reading this passage and this chapter for quite some time now. Sometimes I wake up early in the morning after he leaves, I can't sleep, and so I just, I've been reading this over and over and over and asking God, what is it that you're trying to tell me? What is it that you, that you want me to, to understand out of this? So I've been reading this. Well, this morning, all of a sudden, I, my eye just popped open like about 3.30 in the morning. And so I tried to go back to sleep. I was laying there squeezing my eyes together as hard as I could. And then my eye just keeps popping open. And then all of a sudden, the Lord just started putting things into me about what I had been reading. And started putting thoughts into my mind about it. And that's why I jumped up. I said, oh, I better write this down. This is too good not, to not do anything about it. So I jumped up. I got my little flashlight. And I was sitting to my desk. And 
I didn't want to wake him up, and so I had my little flashlight there, just jotting down things, going through my Bible, finding other scriptures that that was coming into my that he was putting into my heart. So I did that for a while, then I said, okay, now I need to get some sleep. I lay back down, and I could not sleep for any sleep. So I jumped back up again, and then all this other stuff started coming to my mind again. So I started jotting down things again, and started reading different parts of the Bible, and then thought, well, now I'm going to go to sleep. Well, I lay back down, still didn't go to sleep, so I jumped back up again. And well, I was just singing, too, as I was doing this. I was singing really softly. In fact, with the song that we sang now, that was what was coming to my mind, so I kept singing it. I was singing it really as softly as I could. I was just thinking, he's sleeping. He doesn't know what I'm doing. He doesn't hear me. I didn't know he was, I didn't know he was aware of my, my, my going on. So then I thought, well, I'm just going to pray. So I went to the restroom, closed the door, and I paced the floor for probably an hour, just talking to God and just pouring out my soul to him, just telling everything to him. And then all of a sudden, I just felt a breakthrough. I just felt such freedom. The tears just came down, and it just felt so good to, you know, you, you know that you, you've gone through something. You broke through somewhere. And I just started thanking God and just, oh, thank you, God. Thank you for doing that for me. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you that you hear me, and all is well with my soul. All is well with my family. And so, yeah, I was just still singing the song, and then finally I told God, I said, God, I have an hour and a half left to sleep. Put me in a deep sleep like I slept for at least eight hours. And so I laid down and went to sleep. Then my alarm comes on, I said, okay, I'm ready to go. So thank God, hallelujah. And that's my story, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. So let's read. Um, 2 Kings 4, verse 8. It says, now it happened one day that Elisha, Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now, I have this, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please, let us make a simple upper room on the wall. And let us put a bed for him there, and a table, and a chair, and a lampstand, so it will be when he comes to us, he can turn in there. Verse 11. And it happened one day that he came there, and he turned into the upper room, and he lay down. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shumanite woman. When he called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, Say now to her, Look, you have been concerned with us of all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she answered, I dwell among my people. So he said, What then is it to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Actually, she has no son and her husband is old. So he said, Call her. And when he called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, About this time next year you shall embrace a son. And she said, No, my lord. Man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come of what Elisha had told her. And the child grew. Now it happened one day that he went out to his father, to the reapers, and he said to his father, My head, my head. And so he said to a servant, Carry him to his mother. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her, 
her knees till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door behind him and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, Please send me one of the young men and one, one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. So he said, Why are you going to him today? It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, What did she say? It is well. Then she saddled a donkey and said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. And so she departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. So it was when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to his servant Gehazi, Look, the Shumanite woman, please now run now to, to meet her and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And she answered, it is well. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And now when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. So she said, did I ask a son of my Lord? Did I not? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, get yourself ready and take my staff in your hand and be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not answer him. But lay my staff on the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Now Gehazi went on ahead of them and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore he went back to meet him and told him, The child has not awakened. And when Elisha came into the house, there was a child lying dead on his bed. And he went in therefore and shut the door behind him, behind the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and lay on the child and put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands, and he stretched himself out on the child, and the flesh of the child became warm. He returned, and he walked back and forth in the house, and again went up and stretched himself out on him. Then the child sneezed several times, seven times, and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, Call the Shumanite woman. So he called her, and when she came into him, he said, Pick up your son. And so she went in, fell at his feet, and bowed to the ground, and then she picked up her son and went out. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So with this here, as we're reading this, I started going through this, and again, like I said, I read it several times, and so Elisha was, was helping different people, but this isn't the only time he did this, as you know that Elisha went several times to different places and did some miracles. So he, when he went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, so I was thinking, what is it about the notable woman? What is it about what they're saying about her? Who was she? Why was she special? And I was thinking, what, what were they saying as being a notable woman? Well, she was a well-to-do woman. She was a wealthy woman. She had a place, her and her husband had this place, and so she, she wasn't lacking anything. And so she just, you know, she saw Elisha come every now and then, and um, at one point, she persuaded him. She said, come on, come into our house, come and eat. I have some food for you. 
So she, as he had been passing by, she urged him to come over. She fed him. And so it was that any time he passed by, she would always stop there and um, they would feed him. And so she noticed, this notable woman began to notice and she said to her husband, as we read here, she says, look, I know, she perceived, she, she noticed something about this man. She lived in this place, she saw Elisha come by, but she noticed this woman that was just, uh, that lived in Schumann, she began to notice something about him. And she says, that, I know that there's something about this man here. I can see there's something about him. And she goes, I know that this is a holy man. So she was telling her husband, I know this about him. He's got to be a, a holy man. There's something about him. And so she, she was telling her husband that, right? And so I just thought this woman must have really had um, some knowledge about what goes on in the world. And her husband, on the other hand, was just a man that was um, there making, you know, working and doing what he does. And, but she began to notice these things. And she says, to, she tells her husband, let's make a small upper room on the wall. So they have this house. They have probably have a huge house, but they wanted to make a special place for him. And I took note of this where it says, let's make a small upper room. So what happens in upper rooms? What? The upper room, remember what happened to the young, um, in the upper room, how the disciples, where they were, where Jesus told them, I don't want you to leave Jerusalem. And so when they left, where did they go? They went to an upper room. And what happened when they were in the upper room? They waited there, right? They were told, wait there, come together, wait in this place. And so they chose an upper room. So I was reading that and I said that. Not only is this the only time that the upper room is talked about, but this holy man, this prophet, has a place that he goes to. He goes to this place where he can rest by himself, that she provided a place for him. She didn't know that her future, that something was going to happen in her future. She didn't know, she had no idea that there was going to be a day that she needed that upper room. That this man, this holy man was going to come to this upper room. That was going to do the same thing that these disciples did. When they waited there, they came there. It was like it says in um, um, Acts, Acts um, chapter 1, where he, they were told that to... Um, let me just read this to you really quick. Acts 1, 4 says, And then being assembled together with them, this was Jesus talking, He commanded them, Do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which He said, You have heard from Me. And verse 5 says, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So that was what happened in the upper room there, is that they had to have a place to go to. He didn't tell them to go to the upper room, but they, as um, the, this group of people, 120 people, they decided, we're going to go to this place. So they went to this upper room, and you can read about that again, moving on down to verse 12. It says, then they returned to Jerusalem from, Mount, from the mount called Olivet, which is now Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when he had entered, they went up into the upper room. And so there's some significance about this upper room. Not only is it mentioned here, but if you also look, 
back into what Elijah did in the um, first, let's see, Elijah. First Kings. Um, let me just read that to you really quick. So here again, also Elijah experienced the same thing with another, with another son that was revived. And so Elijah revives a, a widow's son in verse 19 of 1 Kings 17, 19. And he said to her, give me your son. And he took him out of her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his own bed. So these prophets had a place that they could go to. They had this upper room that was a special place that was, that they, that they, had time to pray, they had time to rest, they had time to restore themselves. It was a special place that was put there just for them. And so God is doing great and mighty things, but as I was reading this here, where Elisha told this Shunammite woman, oh, she made a room for him. And she made sure that he had a place because there was a time where she was going to need what he had. She knew he was holy. She knew that she probably had heard stories about him doing things for the other widow women, about the oil, about the different things that they have been doing as they traveled the country. And so they made a place for him to stay there. So anytime he came there, he had this special place to go to in this upper room. And so there's a, a, a thing, you know, when we talk about upper room, it doesn't necessarily have to be someplace that's up, right? Where is your upper room at? Do you have an upper room? You might call your upper room a war room. You might call your, your upper room uh, a place where we call a stronghold. We talked about strongholds on Friday night. Where is your stronghold at? When we talk about stronghold, it just means that we read that out of, um, um, where read it? we read that out of Second Samuel where we were talking about a stronghold, where you go to, where David went to. And when we're talking about strongholds, it's a place of refuge, it's a place of security, a place you want to get by, by yourself. And this place of stronghold is where you can pray and um, ask God for what you need of Him, a place where you can um, talk to Him. And so this upper room is where this Elijah went to. Uh, Elijah did the same thing. Elisha did the same thing. The um, uh, disciples did the same thing. And to, for us today as well, we need to have a place that we can go to, that we can call upon God and know when we get to that place that God is going to hear us, that he's going to answer our prayers. And as we're going on down the line right here, as we're reading this, she said when um, her son died, he was... And again, the father, the child is out with the father, and the father says, take him back to his mother. So the father didn't do anything about the child, but it was the woman. The woman says, okay. So she held her child on her lap until he died. But she knew, she carried her child, she went up to that upper room. She placed that child in the upper room because she knew there was something about this man. There's something special about this man that was going to do something. So she placed the child in the, in the bed of the, of the place that they had made for Elisha, a special place that was made for him. Yes, hallelujah. And when, as she um, told her husband, I need a donkey, I need a servant, I need somebody to take me to, the, to this man of God. And he goes, what do you want to go there for? It's not the um, Sabbath. 
It's not the new moon. Why do you want to go now? And all she said was, she just she didn't go on and on. She was, oh, it's because my son died. Oh, because of this. Oh, because that. Or she didn't say, it's because um, I'm just feeling bad right now. I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling depressed. But what did she say? All she said is, it is well. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know that this is a good lesson for us. When things come your way, when things get bad, and you know that you can't make it, you're, you're barely hanging on to a string that you're, you know, you, that you're about to let go of some. You're going through some darkness. You're going through some bad times. Your language, your words should say, it is well. And instead of going to social media, okay, who shall I, who's on Facebook right now? Or who can I call? Who can I text? And you know that's what we use this for, right? We forget that there's this. We forget this right here. Instead, we go to this. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So we go to this instead, right? Well, taking this woman's example here is that when her son died, she didn't go around telling everybody um, or crying or anything. She put her trust in what she knew was a man that was going to help her. She had prepared a special place for not knowing that one of these days that she would need that man to, to place her child in that upper room. She knew Somehow deep inside she knew that this was a holy man. She knew somehow deep in here. They didn't have the Holy Spirit then. They didn't have the Holy Spirit, but they had to count on what the prophets did and what these traveling prophets were doing. But she knew enough to say that whatever Elisha was doing, that she could go to him. And all she kept saying was, it is well. When they asked her a question, she said, it is well. 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 Amen. Hallelujah. So they got there, and as they asked her a question, what is it? What's going on with you? But the amazing thing here also is Elisha said, God didn't reveal to me what was going on with this woman. God didn't tell me what she needed. But he went, and, and you know, right here, as we were reading, she says, um, he was sending his servant, he goes, put my staff on, on the child. But she says, I'm not leaving without you, Elisha. You're going with me. I'm not going until you go with me. And right here she says, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. It's just like saying, I'm not going to go without the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I need you to go with me. Holy Spirit, you got to go with me. I'm not going anywhere without you. You're going with me. I will not go anywhere unless you are with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But so many times we want to do things on our own. We're just going along and not trusting in God. We're not coming before him and asking him things and say, okay, God, I'm at this crossroads here. I have this situation here. I need your help. What do you want me to do? How shall I do this? But again, what we do is we tell our soft stories on here, right? We begin to tell our soft stories and oftentimes I see that, I read a lot of that. There's even some um, extended family members and you just see all kinds of craziness on there. And I just think, you're a Christian and you're putting this kind of stuff in here. I mean, we should be putting praise reports. If we're going to be doing anything, we should be put praise reports. And this is what God did for me. This is, God did this for me. I prayed that this is what happened for me. But instead, we put soft stories in there. 
So instead of using it as a tool to lift up Jesus, to tell about the praise reports, instead we begin to tell our sob stories. And it just makes me sad to, 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 to see things like that. So anyway, I just thought I'd bring that to your attention if you're putting sob stories in your um, social, social media pages. Be careful about that. But yes, she said, it is well. And as Elisha gets there, Gehazi goes ahead, puts a staff on the child, and he says that um, the child has not awakened. And you know, that's what Jesus said, is that we're all sleeping, right? Then he didn't use the word, the child is still dead. He didn't use that. He just said, the child has not awakened. And that's what Jesus says to us. He goes, that all of you just will sleep. When you die, you're just going to sleep. You're going to sleep in him. And when people, you know, we've lost a lot of loved ones recently through the pandemic and everything. But there's a time to just say, okay, they're sleeping. If they died in Christ, you say, yeah, they're sleeping. I'm going to reunite with them again someday. But this woman had faith knowing that there was a purpose that she put that house, that upper room there, that room above their, 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 their home where Elisha was going to come back and use that. So she placed a child in there. Elisha came. And um, went into the child, but you know what he did also? He left the doubt out. Amen. He went in the, into the room by himself and shut the door before they could come in. Because if there's doubters around too, you don't want those doubters. And the woman may have believed, but still there had to, there probably was some doubt. And Gehazi also, you can see that he put the staff on the child, but nothing happened. So he went to the room, went to the upper room where the child was, and he. Um, he closed the door. He didn't allow them to come in, and he did what he had to do because that was his place. His place was to do what he does best when he's there, and that room was probably anointed as well, too, as he was there. As I was reading it, I kept thinking about that. What is it about all of this? And so as he went in there, he laid on the child, put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, his hands on his hand, and he stretched himself out on the child, and the, the flesh of the child became warm. And he returned, and he walked back and forth into the house. Just like, you know, I was just thinking about that. That's what I was doing this morning. I was pacing back and forth, just praying this morning about everything. I just kept telling Lord God, there's things going on in our families. The enemy is trying to attack our families. But God, I know it is well. It is well with my soul. It is well with my family. God, I know that. God, you promised me this. God, your word tells me this. And I was just pacing the floor back and forth and just telling God, it is well. I know it is well. I have family members that, are, that were in the hospital, but we, my crazy friends and I, we would pray. We would get together. We pray. We just say, it is well. We know that it is well. It's going to be accomplished. Whatever you said is going to be accomplished. We're not defeated. And we just sing. Victory is mine, right? Victory is ours. We're not the victim. We're the victors, right? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, you know, as I paced the floor, just like Elijah was, was doing there, he laid on the child. The child's body started getting warm. And he was probably thanking God. Thank you, Lord, that you hear me. Thank you that you work through me. Thank you. Whatever he was saying, he was pacing the floor, walking back and forth. And all of a sudden, what happened? The child sneezed. How many times? The child sneezed seven times. And we always say that God works in, in numbers of seven, right? 
the child opened his eyes, and then he called the, the mother in. And she came, he came, she came in, and he told her, pick up your son. She, she went in, she fell at his feet, and she bowed to the ground, and she picked up her son and then went out. But this is where we stand, family. Where we need to stand on our own two feet and knowing that things are going to happen ahead of you. Things are going to happen in our lives. But we can't fall apart when that happens. Why? Why should we not fall apart? Because of this. Because of what's in here. You can't just carry it around or put it on your dashboard making you look like, yeah, I'm a Christian. My Bible's on my dashboard. And you have to get into it, family. You have to read it. And not just read it through. This is what I used to do. I just said, okay, I'm reading through. I just read, 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 read. Then, God began to deal with me. He says, read it slow. Meditate on it. And, you know, when we talk about meditation, I always wonder, what do they mean, meditate? You know, I would always think that, mm, kind of thing you crash into. <laughs> So that's what people call meditation. You know, some of us are just kind of crazy in that way. We just think of stupid things. Well, anyway, meditation is just rethinking about things, going back over and thinking about it. Another way that people meditate is when problems happen, they think over and over and over about those problems and just keep thinking about that. That's what meditation is. Is that when you keep thinking about those problems, and then pretty soon you go to to your social media page and then you start putting it in there. That's what meditation is. It ha it's nothing good, it's negative that you're putting in there, but you're meditating on it and you keep talking about it. And you start saying, oh, so-and-so said this to me, so-and-so looked at me like this. And you know, we begin to just think that that crazy thought just begins to grow and grow and grow and then pretty soon we're, we're bashing people on social media. I see that all the time, it's just ridiculous. So. Just put delete, 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 delete. I'm not going to read this. I'm not going to look at this. And I just start deleting things. Amen. I want to look for something that's positive, that's going to yes. lift me up, that's going to help yes. me. Yes. And so there's things that I will get from different ministers like, um, um, what's his name? The funny guy. Uh, Jesse Duplantis. I love listening to his little things when he talks. It just it makes me laugh. And it just I can just start laughing about little things, and if I find something in there I'll, uh, while I'm working, sometimes at home, I have two laptops, my work laptop, my personal laptop, so I find them on YouTube, and then I'll put them on while I'm working here, and I'm just listening at the same time, and then I just start laughing, too, just singing. He is so funny sometimes, you should listen to him if you haven't listened to him lately. Find something of his, and you will laugh, he will make you laugh, amen, thank you, Jesus. But meditation is really getting into reading over and over and over and over. And all of a sudden, God is going to start showing you things in the Word. He's going to start telling you things. He's going to show you, this is where your answer is. This is your answer here. There's so many promises in His Word right here that if we'll just pay attention, if that we'll take it seriously and begin to read it. And the Word tells us that faith comes by hearing. And how do we hear it? By reading the word. Amen. You can read it to yourself out loud so you're hearing it again. I have to do that. I have to read it out loud because some, sometimes if I'm just um, um, just looking at it and reading it through, it's not sinking in. But when I begin to read it out loud, I say, oh, okay, now I get it. 
So you begin to read this instead of thinking about your problems, instead of thinking about what's going on in your life and just having that going through over and over in your life, you begin to read this instead and say, there's a promise I can stand on. This is what is going to help me. This is what is going to help me stand. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So um, we sang the song, and it says, the wind and the waves still know his name. Even the wind and the waves know Jesus' name. Do you know Jesus' name? Do you trust Jesus' name? When they were in the boat, Jesus was in the lower deck of the boat as they were crossing the, the sea. And the storm came up, and he spoke to it, and they heard him. The wind and the waves heard Jesus, and they stopped. They were whatever, you know, the waves were wild and everything, and all of a sudden, when Jesus spoke, they heard him. We have ears, right? Everybody touch your ears and say, ears, you need to hear. Hear the word of God. Not only the wind and the waves, but my ears have to hear. These have to start working. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So, what do you do when you get to a point where, let me show you something here. This doesn't have a gift in it. So, you know, so the gift doesn't have a gift. <laughs> what do you do when you have a stack of bills like this? Do you just get depressed and you start crying and put it in the trash as well? I'm just not going to deal with it. But when you get a stack of bills like this, what do you do? Yeah, you go through, you can pay for them, but you can also say, it is well, Lord. All of this is going to be paid. My bills are going to be paid. As they keep piling up, these bills are paid. I just have some old envelopes here, so don't think, oh, poor thing, she has all these bills. <laughs> so, what? just think about it. If you have a stack of bills and they just keep piling up and piling up, maybe there's medical bills that keep piling up. And then you just say, Lord, it is well. You've got this taken care of. You're going to help me. You're going to give me the finances to pay for these. It doesn't matter what's going on around me. It is well with me. Amen. What do you do when the collectors start calling you? And we get those, right? Collectors will start calling if these bills just keep piling up. You just say, Lord, it is well. It is going to be paid. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. What if a loved one ends up in the hospital? What do you do? It is well. Yes. Frida, come here. This is our little niece right here. It is well. Amen. Amen. She went through some stuff, but it is well. Amen. Amen. The enemy tried to attack her because she's a little fireball. Yes, yes, she's yes. made out of dynamite. The enemy Amen. tried to attack her. But we said it is well. As a family, we said it is well. It is well with her soul. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
working for you. If you keep this mouth closed, if you just um, just make it shut tight and never say anything, you're going to keep asking for prayer over and over. Begin to confess that it is well, like the Shumanite woman did. Yes. Even though her son had died, yes. she continued to confess that it is well. Yes. It is well with your soul. It is well with me. It is well no matter what I go through. Hallelujah. It is well when your job is ending. It is well when you get something from your job and say, Okay, I'm sorry, but you no longer have a job as a whatever. It is well. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're feeling anxiety, I keep getting a call from a, a young lady. In the middle of the night, she calls me asking for prayer. And I pray with her, but I keep telling her, you need to get yourself to church where you will be fed the word. You need to read your Bible, and you need to start doing these things. She used to come to church, but she quit. But now she calls almost close to midnight every so often. And I keep telling her, and I read the word to her, and I, come, and I tell her some of this. And, and so um, she's just struggling. But it is well with you. Amen. Again, it's a matter of what you do with this right here. Yes, it's a matter of getting into it and confessing yes, and believing it. You have to believe what you read, yes. family. Be begin to put it into practice. Yes. So the more you do that, the easier it will be for you when things come up against you. And things do happen. Things happen to us. Things happen to us as ministers. Yes. As a minister, you might probably think, oh yeah, they have it all together. Nothing ever happened. Things happen. All of us, things happen. We went through COVID. He ended up in the hospital. But it was well. We confessed that it was well. We got through that storm. Different things have happened in our lives. But it is well. It is well with my soul. It is well with you, family. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Um, I want to read one more thing to you from, um, let me see here, Isaiah. And you can read out of your Bible, I'm going to read from the, the, the Jubilee version. But right here, when you feel like um, you're at a dead end, you're at a place where you're not too sure what to do, ask God, put, he's, he's telling us, put me in remembrance of my word. And so that, just so that you know that there's a place you can go where God is telling. He says that, remind me. God doesn't need to be reminded, but he wants you to confess the word. He wants you to remind him. He wants to make sure that you know where to find the word to confess. So out of the Jubilee, it says, cause me to remember. So this is Jesus talking. This cause me to remember. Let us enter into judgment together. Declare. Thou, that it may be put into your account. So we all have an account in heaven. We all have an account. Things are building up. When you're reading the word, when you're tied, and again in Malachi 3, it says that, um, that when we give, we give our tithing and our offerings, it says, the Lord will rebuke the devourer on your behalf. Right? When you're obedient to his word, he says, I'm going to rebuke the devourer. So when things come up against you, say, Lord, your word says this. I'm reminding you. You said that in Malachi. I'm a giver. I'm a tither. I'm a, I give my offering. I go above and beyond. 
Your word tells me that you're going to rebuke the devourer on my behalf. I don't have to do the rebuking. You're going to do the rebuking on my behalf, right? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So remind God. Because that's what he wants you to do. That's what he's saying right here. He says, remind me. Bring to my remembrance. Tell me about it. Let's talk about it. And so that's what God wants. He wants to have a conversation with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. If you're with um, a, a, a friend, like my husband and I, if we were together, we never talk to each other, we never know what's going on, what kind of relationship is that? There's nothing there, right? We don't even communicate. But that's what God says. If we're not talking to him, there's no communication there, there's no relationship there, what can we remind each other of? Right? Amen. There's nothing there. So this is what he's telling us, family. Good, remind me of my word. Remind me. Amen. And going back to the Shimonite woman as well, also. She kept saying, it is well. No matter what she was going through, her son had died. Her one child that she had had died. But she kept confessing, it is well. It is well with my soul. It is well with me. It is well with my family. So early this morning, um, God brought to my mind certain people that um, I should be praying for. And so I began to lift them up to God. I said, God, I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what their situation is. I haven't seen some of these people for a while, but God, I know because they are extended family to me that you're going to keep them, that you're going to do a work in their lives. And uh, there's a young lady that we just saw recently in a, in a restaurant. Hadn't seen her for several years. And we happened to come across her. And she was a blessing to us. She worked at a restaurant. And she goes, I consider you my family. So she goes, you get my discount. And I just thought, and, and God just brought her to my mind this morning. I just prayed for her. And I just thank God I lifted her up. To God, I said, God, I said that. Restore what it is about the word that you once gave to her. I don't know what she does. I don't know where, where she is. But I was just, it was just, it was just amazing. She goes, I'm considering you my family. So you're going to get a family discount. And she got a discount on her behalf. And so I just lifted her up to God and said, God, thank you. I said, remember her. Remember her for what she did. Remember yes, her for her generosity. Yes, and so remember those things. Let, allow God to remind you of those things. And, you know, pray for them. Pray for the, for wh whoever's out there. Pray for those that are lost. And make sure, you know, that be in the house of God when you should be in the house of God. Amen. Be where you should be when it's time to be there. Amen. We start services at 10 o'clock. If you're not here at 10 o'clock, you're missing out on a whole lot. You're missing out on the ushering in of the Holy Spirit, which is going to help you to hear and what is to come. You miss out on a whole lot when you come in 30 minutes late or whatever it is. So family, let's start paying attention to what God wants. Because we want to say, we want to confess the word as it says here, is that it is well. It is well with my soul. So that when it comes to things like that, we're not struggling to say that. It's going to come out easy. It's going to be there. Says, yes, Lord, it is well with my soul. Yes, Lord, I know it. It is well. I know it is well with me. I know it is well with my family. So I just wanted to bring that to your remembrance as how God works in our lives. Amen. The things that he does for us. He is faithful to his word. He's faithful to the promises. And make, you, make an upper room for yourself. 
Make a special place for yourself that you can come to God and you can talk to Him and you can tell Him things, remind Him. Don't just not have anything. Don't just not spend any time at all talking to God and not having a relationship. You have to have that relationship, family. You have got to have that relationship. Otherwise, you, you, it's just like you're walking along and you just kind of slip off the edge. You're like, why well, we're just walking here and not paying attention. I fall off of here. Yeah. And that's what happens. So pay attention to, to what God has to say. Amen. And allow Him to use you in ways that, you know, He's going to use you in ways that you never even knew. Like I said, is that when the very first time I had to, um, I was told to come up and sing and I didn't know. I didn't know anything about it. I mean, I went to church. I knew some songs, but I wasn't a singer. But since then, God has grown me. Yes. And so, and God will continue to grow us. God is going to grow you. And he's going to do things with you that you thought you could never do. Because it isn't in your power. It's in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So um, just wanted to bring again to your attention that this is very important, that you really face your mind, your soul, your spirit on what the Lord has to say. What the Lord has based on what the Word, what's inside of, these, of, of this book right here. The more you do of it, the more you'll get better at what you're doing. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. But I was to sing this song again. It is well with my soul. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And now that you've heard about this Shemite woman, maybe it might have more meaning for you. You might not know all the words, and we don't have all this stuff here. But the first words, the first verses: Grander earth has quaked before, moved by the sound of His voice. Seas that were shaken and stirred can be calm and broken for my regard. Second verse says, Far it be, far it be for me not to believe. Even when my eyes can't see, and this mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea. And know that whatever mountain is in front of you, that God can remove that from you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
We appreciate all I expect all the music. Whatever you feel like it because that's from the heart of it. So if you guys want to say it, I'll bring one cookie. It's good enough. Right? So okay, so whatever you guys want to bring, just bring it. Um, that's a love. We just want to uh, fellowship together and uh, those uh, that visitors who came and uh, if you don't have anything, I will welcome you back. We appreciate you guys too. Part of my family ministries. Thank you. Thank you for coming. So. All right. Okay. Thank you. Have a good day.